This is the Cultural Fluency Podcast with Angèle Preto, the French coach that is me. Welcome to a new episode, episode number 13. Uh, and I am with Pat Creighton from Laidback Languages. Pat, you are a polyglot language coach and qualified counselor. Is that right? Yeah, spot on. Yeah, exactly. Can you, can you tell us a bit more about yourself? What's your backstory? Yeah, sure. So my backstory with languages, I started learning French. French was the first foreign language I learned. I studied it at school. Mm -hmm. But like a lot of people in England, uh, didn't get on very well. I was actually the second, not the worst, but I was the second worst in my, in my class in French. Oh, wow. Yeah, you can imagine. So grade-wise, I, I was really not very good because I didn't have a very good capacity at remembering like uh, phrases and expressions because we didn't actually learn the language properly. We just learned a few grammar rules and right. the ones who were good, entre guillemets, mm -hmm. at French, were the ones who could memorize like long passages. And I just couldn't do that. I really wanted to right. learn it properly, though. Um, so after I looked up, how to learn languages on YouTube and I came across uh, Luca Lampariello mm -hmm. yeah he's very famous he's very States. famous yes yeah and it was a video of him speaking in French explaining how to learn languages and I, I put it on and just and okay well maybe this guy is onto something here because he's obviously learned a lot himself and maybe he's not special you know mm -hmm. maybe I can also do it And so, yeah, I just looked into what he was saying. He spoke a lot about uh, listening and reading and absorbing the language, opposed to studying the grammar rules first. Right. And I was really drawn to that method. And after that, I found uh, Johan from uh, Francais Authentique. Mm -hmm. Also, you know also very famous, yes. Yeah, just when he was pretty much starting out. I remember he was still mm -hmm. working his job in, in Austria and he was doing Francais Authentique part-time um, yeah. and I, I loved his uh, his approach as well which was very similar just like expose yourself to the language listen a lot and um, yeah and then since French I've gone on to learn Spanish Italian Portuguese and uh, Malay as well um, Malay as well nice yeah yeah okay so YouTube did a much better job than your school teacher Oh, for sure, for sure. I had That's nice teachers, but know, just yeah. the, the methodology was just not good for me. They, they split the languages right. up into different parts. They said, okay, we're going to study French grammar. Now we're going to study, uh, we're going to do some listening. And the listening, we'd be listening to something super boring, right. reading as well. But we'd be reading something far too like advanced where you'd have to check every word and you won't understand. Mm -hmm. So the input of the language just wasn't, it was, it was boring and it wasn't um, easily understandable. Right. So, yeah, I just basically did the opposite of that. I found stuff that I was really interested in. That I wanted to listen to French YouTubers as well. Mm -hmm. But I immersed, I immersed myself in the culture and I right. discovered that in order to learn a language or in order to learn French in that case, I had to become French. I had to like make a French, create a French character. Mm -hmm. Like a French uh, version of yourself, yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's where it kind of links into spirituality. I don't know if we'll, we'll talk about that maybe a bit later. Maybe a bit later, yeah. yeah. I want to like dive more deeper in, uh, in the backstory. 
But I'm not yeah. surprised at all because like what you're saying is basically what I recommend to my students all the time is that you have to immerse yourself. You have to know exactly what you want to learn and what you want to do with the language. You're much more likely to succeed doing that than if you go, okay, I'm going to learn some grammar, uh, which sadly seems to be the approach that was taken by your school. And I mean, you can't be all that, you can't be that old. So it must not have been very long ago. I hope they've changed their methods, but I'm afraid not. I mean, I left school 10 years ago, so I'm yeah. 28. Right, so. so maybe in a decade. Okay, so not only you became a polyglot, which is already pretty impressive, but you also decided to become a language coach. So how did that happen? So that happened from being a language teacher, first and foremost. I taught English in Spain. Mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to learn Spanish uh, after having learned French. So I went to live in Spain. Easiest thing to do was to teach English. Right. Um, so after doing that, really enjoying it, loving the, the coaching aspect of it and helping people and seeing them grow mm -hmm. as well, that's something I found really like, rewarding. And being able to share my culture, really, really loved that as well. Um, and then I remember writing down on a piece of paper I was very lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. And I was desperately trying to find a job because I loved both psychology and languages. And I remember mm -hmm. Googling jobs with psychology and languages. Okay. And as I was writing it, I remember thinking, okay, this is ridiculous. I need to create something here. You know? Mm -hmm. So all I wrote down on a piece of paper, I'm so glad and happy that I am doing a job that I love. And um, just ended up coming back from Spain sitting down with my mum who had visited me in Spain a few times and she kind of wanted to learn a bit of Spanish mm -hmm. and I was like yeah sure I'll teach you sat down to teach her and just loved it I realized right. oh okay this is what I love doing oh wow okay how can I make a business out of this how can I make a living out of it and it kind of evolved from there you know Right. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not very different from my own journey, to be honest. I also reached a point where I was like, okay, yes, you have to put the psychology, the personal growth aspect into language teaching because that's how it will work. And it, it does, right? Um, so, yeah. And what made you decide to coach for so many languages? That's like something I'm really interested in, like this question. And also, can you go a bit deeper into uh, the psychology aspect, like how it fits in for the people who are not very used to hearing about this kind of approach? Yeah, sure. So um, I coach in the languages which I feel competent um, mm -hmm. in coaching. I don't do Malay. So I just do, I, I do do English as well, but my preference is French, Spanish, and Italian just because okay. I know exactly the road of how to get to the level that I speak, mm -hmm. that, you know, that I'm at. And I, I just have find such joy in helping people walk that same path and I can give them all the tips and tricks and help them cut corners. Although mm -hmm. there's no real cutting of corners in, in language learning, but at least I could say, okay, right. I know you're going to mix this and this up. So let's address this now and just right. help along their journey, you know. Um, I have another question then, because you said there aren't really yeah. cutting corners. Uh, I'm all about shortcuts. So maybe oh, we cool. can okay. have a fight about that. But I think it hinges on one particular point is like, where are your students from? Uh, who, who are your students? Because for me, I'm, I've specialized really in 
teaching French to English speakers. Yeah. And when you have those two things in place, it's easy to find a lot of ways to use English in order to learn French faster than if you wouldn't use English as a stepping stone. So it might depend on the, the language that you teach and also where your student is from. Yeah, I mean, I... Now? Or do you do, it on, do you do it online or do you um, do it mostly in person still? It's all online, all online. Okay. All my work is online now. Um, right. I spend all my time on my laptop, which is... Yeah, you know, it's nice Me being able to work anywhere, <laughs> but also okay, stranger eyes, isn't it? But um, uh, what was your original question on that? Sorry. Um, yeah, the question was where your students are from, or who are your students? Oh, and you also said about um, about cutting corners. How is it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's that was inspired to me by the fact that you said you can't really cut corners, and I thought, okay, that might depend on where the students are from. Yeah, sure. Okay, I I would say there are ways of uh hacking mm -hmm. and yeah shortcuts obviously if you're someone who's gained a skill already like like right. i was saying before and the person you're at this kind of level and the person you're coaching is, is here and you want to bring mm -hmm. them up to the same level you're going to know the best route for it right but i i i avoid saying there are ways to uh learn like if you really want really want to learn a language it's going to take time and it's going to take dedication it, it takes um, time for sure but it depends also uh, how long you think when you say it takes time because i've met people who have been trying for 20 years and i'm like that is too long yes it takes yeah, time yeah. but not yeah. 20 years you know no yeah for sure yeah they're, they're, how, they're how long would you say it takes a lot of people ask this question so i mean oh it, i know it's it's like this is the most frequently asked question. Yeah. How long is it going to take? And I'm like, well, and linking into what we were saying about psychology, a lot of it is to do with, wow, there, there are so many variables with learning a language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, on, on average, I, I, in my head, I think, okay, my rough goal, and it's a very loose goal, that's why my name is laid back languages, because my approach mm -hmm. is, is very, very stress-free, very, this is a hobby. It's an amazing skill, obviously. Uh, and it, yeah, it's cool to outsiders. Oh my God, you speak these languages, great. But first and foremost is a hobby and you do it for love, mm -hmm. you do it for enjoyment. So you don't really need to put a time like limit on right. that. That said, in my head, I'm kind of like, okay, well, three years is the time I give myself to get good mm -hmm. in a language, like to a level in which I can understand right. and be understood. Then well, after that- reasonable, yeah. Three, yeah, three years. Very, that, very, I mean, very reasonable. Like if you can't do it in the three years, something is wrong. So, yeah. yeah yeah maybe but even being laid back like it means something has gone wrong if it hasn't worked after three years yeah I'll definitely yeah if, if you're con if you're consistent you're doing the right things you've got the right habits um yeah three yes three years is a good a good amount of time mm -hmm. that said uh i work with a lot of people who um have a lot of hang-ups from school they're older right. oh, people yeah. normally and it is, it's a different ball game in that they don't have that initial belief that they can do it. And you also come up, this is where the psychology and the counseling mm -hmm. skills come in as well, against a lot of um, resistance for the, from their subconscious. Yes. Um, and that's the biggest challenge. Once you get over that hurdle, then mm -hmm. yeah, they, they learn like anyone else. But that's the only thing I found with the quote unquote older uh, people. Is yeah, it's just the, the conditioning is a lot harder. It's true that it's harder, I think, 
the older the person is, the harder it gets. And it might not be even because of their age, but because of the way they have been taught in initially, the kind of school system they've been into. I don't think it's the aging of the body or the brain, so to speak. I, I don't really see a reason why that would be the case, but it's true that you might have had an even worse upbringing than younger people. So how do you go about um, introducing the psychology element? How do you go about helping people get over this hurdle? Do you have a methodology or how, how do you work with that? It really depends on the person, whether at what their kind of uh, blockages are. Mm -hmm. But in general, I will get them to focus on what's actually going on in their bodies rather than letting their mind go away. Another defense people get into, or one main defense of their mind, is to revert back to English. Right. So I will, my philosophy is, okay, if we're going to French, for example, okay, I'm going to speak to you in as much French as possible, always trying to get uh, speak a little bit above your level and repeating the words. And that's my philosophy. Mm -hmm. And I want you, them to do the same. I want them to use their French, to think in their French. And that's quite a vulnerable thing for people to do because mm -hmm. you're essentially thinking like a two-year-old you know not even I, sometimes when you start and then you move right, up right. thinking like a five-year-old it's a very vulnerable position for an adult to put themselves in and what they're always tempted to do is to use the use english mm -hmm. or they'll, they'll say something makes say like a funny comment or say something in english and i'll be like okay how do you say that say that in french you know mm -hmm. Or I'll play dumb and say, oh, I don't understand Speak in French, you know? Um, yeah, it really, really depends on, on the person. And I do it quite uh, intuitively. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost at the start when you're building a relationship with someone, it's almost like a bit of a dance, you know? Find correcting right. correcting people as well is a is a very uh, um is a skill that I'm still learning to be honest to perfect mm -hmm. because it's something very very delicate you've got to like dance dance around right. the ego. you have to almost sense like of knowing how much to correct someone mm -hmm. or when to correct yes. big big skills because um and it comes back to what you were saying about the important thing is having like the goal. And it's mm -hmm. a shared goal, you know, okay, their goal is yes. to speak and understand French. That's what we're doing, you know, and that's the mm -hmm. agreed thing that we're doing in the space. So we're speaking in French as much as, as possible, using English as a, as a tool to help understand, obviously, mm -hmm. but not translating, not going from English into French. Right. Know? Learning French using English. Now, I guess you probably mm -hmm. do similar. Yeah, pretty much similar. what I do, yeah. Use yeah. English mostly to... Um, give information and like explain some rules and so on uh, I don't know what your what your position is around grammar I guess if you speak French as much as possible maybe you explain very little grammar or do you still explain a lot of grammar people have completely different approaches with that so I'm curious what's yours I know I always upset people on Twitter when, when I talk about grammar <laughs> just because I, I I'm not a fan of it I try to copy the best language learners in the world, mm -hmm. which are children. Um, right. And people also get upset at me, like, well, adults aren't children, are they? I'm like, yeah, but you can learn a lot of things from them. You know, they're very mm -hmm. relaxed. 
They don't care about making mistakes. Their number one goal is to communicate. And if you can right. get those three things, like you're going to be flying. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, what was it? What was the question on that? The question was, what is your position on grammar? But I guess so, you know, so so what, they avoid it as yeah. much as possible, right? So yeah, so on grammar, it, when it's useful, mm -hmm. sure. It, same thing with English, you know? If we say right. the same expression in English, if French and English have the same expression, you, you use it as a tool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Use use grammar as a tool rather than making someone learn the grammar first. I tend to focus right. on getting them doing lots and lots of listening as a as a mm -hmm. child would, and speaking, and speaking, and having fun, and playing with the language and exploring the language, making lots and lots of mistakes. Mm -hmm. I really encourage that. Um, and then me personally, I coach what I do with myself. You know. Uh, right. My my blueprint when I learn a language is um, learn grammar when it when it's useful when like mm -hmm. some, some things are coming up so much and I'm like right okay I'm just right. gonna I'm just gonna stop trying to understand this and just read the, read a grammar rule study mm -hmm. it and then be like oh okay I get that now you know right but my goal for people in general is that if I'm going to explain a grammar rule I can do it in French I don't want to mm -hmm. do it in English you know. Okay. And because that way they, they're ready for the real world. They're ready to look at French YouTubers who explain the grammar, but they'll just explain it in French. Mm -hmm. Or if a native person is nice enough to help them, do you know what I mean? They can understand and speak they're, and right. they're confident doing so. Then you can, yeah, then you pull in the grammar. That's just, that's right. just my approach. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a fairly different approach from mine. Like, I think I've taken not the opposite end of the spectrum because there are, really ways that I that I um, agree with you like I'm not going to teach any grammar that's not useful like here and now in the session but also I can't help that I'm a grammar geek and I just find it uh, interesting to like put some little bit of even etymology or like the reason why the the rule is like uh -huh. that or like if this is the same as the English or like it's different from English because of this reason I find it a bit um, sometimes entertaining I don't mind personally yeah. explaining it in English but also it depends on how advanced the student is um, because there are other students that are simply not so advanced that they would really understand if I explain it in French completely. Yeah. Um, and but if the student is advanced enough, like of course I will explain it in French. So yeah. Yeah. I I, I explain what what I know basically. Do you know mm -hmm. if I know the, if they ask me, oh, why is that said like that? Right. Sometimes I I'll, I'll not thought about. It. I'm like, I do you know I just and my my philosophy is ju just accept. Do you mm -hmm. know. Accept it, yeah, accept. There, are, there are lots of things. Even after they've been explained, the student still has to just accept it. Like, exactly. So, <laughs> because so my yeah. explanation sometimes will not really make sense in the English native mind of the person. The French just see it differently, you know? So yeah, it's, it's just important to accept that a grammar or language or culture is, is different. Which maybe we can segue into listening skills. I know you've put an emphasis on listening skills a lot. So can you tell us a bit more about your approach with that? Like why or how are listening skills very important for language learners? So I find people... I mean, I mean not just to make it clear to the audience, yeah. not just listening to the language that you're learning, but also just listening in general, like as a psychology kind of skill. So to speak. Yeah, yeah, sure. And these are actually, funny enough, these are listening skills that I um, 
studied and learned uh, when I was training to be a counselor. And right. I realized, oh, I've already been doing this, but I'm teaching languages, you know. So some of the basics would be um, paraphrasing what the other person mm-hmm. said. A lot of paraphrasing, uh, repetition. Oh, I mean, it, it's quite deep. There are a lot of different um, different aspects uh, to it. But to give a, a nice example, um, if I were to say, teacher, beginner, um, the first thing I get them to do, if I like, say, if I say to them, hello, how are you? Mm-hmm. And they'd say, oh, I'm, I, I am well, thank you. Or, all right, let's, let me get this the other way around. So they ask me, hello, how are you? And I say, oh, I, I am well, thank you. I am a bit tired today. How are you? I would expect them and I train them to not say their answer straight away. Of, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm da, da, da. I would get them to repeat back to me what I've already said. You okay. know? So I'd get them to say, oh, to, you, are, you, you are tired today. Right. You know, so interact straight away. And this is also a very, very good technique when you're speaking to natives. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for various reasons but the main one is you're putting your attention on them you're actually listening to what they say you're i think it's probably called active listening skills right. that there must be a, there must be a name for it um but active your listening para- is a name that exists yes yeah you're, you're paraphrasing what they're saying you're mm-hmm. and you're repeating back to them so they are feeling heard and right. so you've got two things about that you're practicing the language which is essential for english speakers who are learning like uh, romance languages because the verbs you know <laughs> change a lot I, I know i know i'm french <laughs> yeah it's one of the one of the hardest things for us because our, our verbs are just a lot just a lot simpler you know it's precisely the thing i've been doing right before this recording explaining to someone french verbs <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, it comes up every day yeah the, the the verbs are challenging so to practice yeah. like the conjugations you know like je and wow okay in, in french it's a little bit simpler but Take Spanish, for example, like mm-hmm. yo y tú, like yo hablo, tú hablas. Right. I speak, you speak. In English, it's I speak, you speak. So to get them used to the verb changing straight away, right? I would get them to paraphrase back to the other person, if that makes sense, about mm-hmm. what they're saying. So they practice right. not only the saying I, 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 but also you, you, you straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a good way to practice the uh, conjugation. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And then as, as they get more advanced and the sentences get longer, I, I still um, encourage them to, to incorporate that, you know, because it's a fantastic skill. If you can, like, paraphrase back in your own words what, what I've just said, mm-hmm. you know, your, your language skills are, are up there, you know. Um, Do you find that learning foreign languages makes you better at listening or conversation with people in your native language? Is it something you've observed? I think I've always been good at it and very like mm-hmm. uh, uh, attentive. I've always kind right. of done done these things naturally, uh, which sense. is why I've been good at learning uh languages i think just because i do some fundamental skills just well um and i just yeah i, I listen I, I listen very effectively and like the repetition as well is something for people to like improve their accent is super right. important yes that, that uh, makes sense 
yeah i think what is the term i came across a term they use i don't know if it's mirroring or something it's an actual technique people use to learn languages shadowing uh, mm. sh- thank you shadowing that's i think that's the one where you hear like you hear something on a podcast and you'll just repeat yes it. that's shadowing yes that's called shadowing it so i do all these things completely naturally you know mm-hmm. completely naturally I, I didn't know any of them were, were techniques so i'm kind of yes in, in like the language learning community space i'm learning oh that's the name for it okay cool mm-hmm. um that's also something which is yeah super important to do for me that comes under the umbrella of actually listening listening properly mm-hmm. and another thing with listening another advantage it gives you is that apart from the person liking you and actually feeling uh, listened to it takes you out your head it, it really takes you right. out your ego you know yeah. you make the conversation about them and about communication rather than oh my god i don't know how to conjugate that verb how do i conjugate that verb mm-hmm. and you, you're thinking there and in english you're, you're not present right you know? so t- to stay present is something i i ask of my students to try as, as much as they can just to stay with me in the space mm-hmm. and those repetition skills are super super important any notes or anything i use skype i find skype's really really good because it saves all of the notes Mm-hmm. I, I type all the notes for them, do all that. Right, kind of yeah, me too. Yeah, and I say, look at that after, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't, worry about, don't worry about trying to remember anything. Right. Just, just be here and practice and enjoy. Um, and, and let me facilitate that for you. And then right. study, study later. Yeah. So, yeah, that thing of like being present, being in the know, uh, that kind of segues a bit into spirituality and uh, we've been teasing it already i know some yeah. some of the audience members are waiting for us to speak about that so please tell us your take how how does spirituality relate to language learning to dealing with different cultures so you what are different cultures you've been experiencing so you are from england you have lived in spain uh mm. you are learning malay how come you're learning malay okay well i'll, I'll... I'll do that one quickly. So I'm learning Malay okay. because I, I went to Malaysia. This is another thing I ask people, well, clients before I kind of agree to work with them. It's okay. What are your three reasons? Give me three good reasons that you're learning. You know, not right. just, oh, I'm learning because, oh, it'd be cool to speak a language. Yeah, of course it would be yeah. cool. It is cool. Super cool. But too many languages a, to choose from. Cool is not a good enough reason. Exactly. They're and all it, cool. It, exactly. And it's a shallow reason. So my, my three reasons for Malay are, I went to Malaysia when my brother was living there. He speaks it, mm-hmm. so that's number one. I want to speak right. with him in secret. I think that's really super, super <laughs> fun. <laughs> Language. Uh, the reactions he was getting off of people, being a white guy, speaking Malay, like good Malay as well, using mm-hmm. colloquial language, uh, would just is fantastic. And I was like, oh, well, that's something I don't get with, with definitely not with French. Sorry. French people yeah. are like that. But, um, you know, just because it's so unexpected, I love that surprise factor. And I love the, the, the people in general, super friendly and open-minded. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of different religions in Malaysia, so they're all very... There's a lot of different cultures in the one culture, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, food's great. So I've got lots of reasons to learn. So that's right. why I uh, learned Malay. And, uh, yeah, coming back to the spirituality. So when I learned French... I found myself thinking and speaking and dreaming in French. Um, mm-hmm. And I was very acutely aware of the fact that I, a year before, two years earlier, I did not speak French. You know, there was no French character. I'd created this character. Right. And 
I didn't have like a full blown spiritual awakening then, but it planted a seed of I am not my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and that's that's the, uh, the the seed that that planted. I am not my thoughts, and then kind of since then I've gone on my own journey of self exploration and uh, doing a lot of a lot of healing, a lot of shadow work, and a lot of uh, well therapy as I've had mm-hmm. to do for my, for my course. But yeah, right. that, 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 those those things are. Yeah, very, very uh, important to me. And uh, I, yeah, self-exploration. And I've always been a bit of a, a deep thinker. You know, I've always had deep questions that my parents could not answer. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Who are we? What is this reality? Why am I here? What's my purpose? What is... I, mm-hmm. I didn't like uh, mainstream society and the schooling system. I, I, I got very... Um, nihilistic i didn't know that word when i was a kid right. but I, I'd, I'd sit in my room on a sunday i hated sundays i was like well so i'm gonna go to work for the next 40 years and then maybe retire and i was like no nah, this, this this isn't right you know i sense mm-hmm. a, there was a lot of a lot of things were wrong about the world but i couldn't couldn't voice it right. um and then that led me into looking into yeah who runs the world conspiracy theories all of that and then mm-hmm. background background to spirituality and and uh yeah self-inquiry things like that yeah but yeah languages was it languages. Languages, like french was the triggering moment for the spiritual like jump start it was it was i'm kind of proud the french are not spiritual at all as a culture or as a people we, we don't do religion, like very rarely. It does happen that some French people have a religion, but I wouldn't say, I think it's not the majority. At least the majority is not practicing a religion, even though they might feel they are affiliated. So it's really interesting that this was your starting point. Mm. Yeah, well, it's got n- n- nothing, nothing to do with French or, yeah. or French people, really. It's just the, uh, the language, yeah. Yeah, and I also, later on, after I'd done some, some therapy, I realized, oh, okay, well, how come I've become this kind of serial language learner? And it was because I was trying to find something deeper in mundane conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, right, God, if I've got to talk to everyone about the, you know, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? Or? Sure. <laughs> Who if, cares? I talk, if I have to talk about the fucking weather. Right. You know, people and about mundane topics if they can't i try to talk about conspiracy theories things like that but people can't can't hear it can you talk uh, about conspiracy theories in french in french i would i would love to you would do it <laughs> well would... there, there is a version of this podcast which is in french so maybe we can record another episode in french speaking about conspiracy theories in french that would be I, fun i would love to listen to it at least like I, i'm always always well, the, the podcast is not about conspiracy theories it's the same podcast as this one it's just the french version so oh i see, I see yeah yeah no, but I, i've never even spoken about conspiracy theories in french i think only mostly listen to it in english so maybe it would be hard for me as well yeah it's I, my native language yeah we can try it could be fun having that vocabulary yeah but uh yeah, just I found languages. I added a bit of spice to to, to life, really. They made yeah the, those mundane conversations about the weather or whatever um, bearable, at least. I was using it as a form of escapism, mm-hmm. um, just adding some depth to the situation, basically, because you have another language. Yeah, yeah, trying to yeah finding uh, looking for that connection. 
Uh, and so, yeah. And I also found it's not something I, I, I do now. Um, but while someone was speaking to me in English, I'd be simultaneously trying to translate into French or Spanish right. or what they were saying. You have all the extra time to do that while you listen to them. That's pretty impressive. If you know what they're going to say, do you know? Oh, I, yeah. I, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if I, you've I, had so, the conversation 20 or 20 times, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I mean, and you can kind of say, yeah, you nod along and nod along, and I'm there kind of translating in, in my head mm -hmm. what they're saying in French. Yeah, I, I, right. yeah of, of course, of course. It's a, it's a good uh, practice, translating things in your head. It, yeah, it, it, it is, it is. But yeah, it's, it's not something I do anymore. Um, but it is, yeah, it's a really good exercise, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same thing with songs. I used to do that as well. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I, I do that a lot. Even when I read, if I read a book uh, and my brain is somehow, I mostly do French and English now, even though I have six languages officially. And yeah, if I'm reading a book, sometimes I will have like a difficult expression in English. And my, my brain will go like, okay, how can I possibly express this sentiment in French? Or sometimes vice versa, like I have it in French and I'm like, how do they say that in English? My brain just yeah. kind of does that automatically. Like it's not something I decide to do con consciously, but it's, it's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. And um, not only you coach people uh, direct, like, you know, on calls, but you also create uh, courses. I know you have created a Spanish course recently. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure, it's fine. I didn't even ask about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I do have students or like people in my audience who learn both French and Spanish, so they might be interested. Oh, how nice! How, how did you go about, uh, or how did you decide to create a Spanish course? Yeah, so instead of being with people and, and coaching, what well, I used to, mm -hmm. I'd write all my materials in PDFs and then try and coach it simultaneously as I'm, as I'm teaching them the language. Right. Um, with the Spanish course, the idea came about because I have a uh, one of my clients. Her son wants to learn Spanish, but he lives in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. You know, I said, "Well, I need something. Right. I need to make something. Give him the whole package. So we can learn how to be an exceptional language learner. Number one, mm -hmm. and give him a good head start in Spanish. Get him ready for right. you know, so he can find a tutor, whoever that they don't have to be like specialized." My, my vision with what I do is training people on how to be good language learners. Right. I, I'm honored, obviously, when people say, oh, they want to get more lessons with me and, and they carry mm -hmm. on. I obviously do then accept it. But my initial goal is to, to make people into competent language learners so that they can go online. There are loads of like teachers right. who are not necessarily good teachers, um, but mm -hmm. who are native and if you yeah. if you know how to learn a language, that, that doesn't matter. Yes, yeah. it's it's true. Once you have the techniques and, and the method for yourself, the competence of the teacher is a lot less important. Definitely. It is. It is, yeah, yeah. You still want them to be nice. And if they're yeah, like, sure. attentive and if they're good listeners, I'm very blessed. I've got a very, very good uh, Malay teacher mm -hmm. who uses a lot of the same techniques that, that I do. Uh, he'll right. kind of paraphrase what I'm saying and, and summarize things so I get to hear back the same language and he'll speak just above my level so I get new words in and he's very mm -hmm. aware of the words that he uses right um, to communicate with me so I understand like you know 90% or 85% or whatever it is mm -hmm. 
of what he's saying. So I'm always improving, but I'm not feeling right. uh, overwhelmed, you know, and it's exactly the same thing that I, I consciously do with my, uh, my learners, like a mother does, you know, with the mm-hmm. children. She'll always speak to right. them using words that she knows that they know, but speaking above their level as well, mm-hmm. you know, correcting their yes. grammar, speaking correctly and adding in new words and actively teaching them and getting them to another thing I use or I encourage people to do is to um to feel a word before they translate mm-hmm. it and by that I mean uh guess right guess you know g- right. guess what it means uh but don't use the language use the context you know use the context I'll drop a new word and I know that they don't know and I know that they're going to say to me in in Spanish like oh como se dice mm-hmm. how do you say da 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 Right. Uh, and sometimes I won't even give it to them straight away. I'll be, I'll repeat the context, and I'll say, and I'll say, you know, what do you think it means? What does it feel like? Mm-hmm. You know, and they'll right. go through a few words, and eventually, some they'll, they'll find like a near enough find the right one. Yeah, in English, yeah. So what they're doing That's is a good that, technique. Yeah, they're they're feeling into the vibration of of the word before the uh, translation in English. Mm-hmm. You know, so same thing what we said before, using English as a tool to help you learn the language right. rather right. than you using english and desperately trying to find matches for every single word in english mm-hmm. in, in which you can't because it's not a one-on-one thing so yeah uh, no of course not of course there are too many expressions aren't there? and that's yeah. what makes language is amazing because you perceive the world in different ways like absolutely that yeah you, you can it's like learning uh, magic. Languages mm. are literally like spells, you know, that we're, we're casting on this reality. So right. when you learn French and learn expressions like um, j'ai la flemme or something like <laughs> that, you feel that expression before oh, you translate. Flemme. Yeah, voila. Oh, yeah. La like, it's, it's more like it. a physical position. I mean, the people who are just listening yeah. to the audio version are probably like not understanding anything. But yeah, so j'ai la flemme translates as, I guess I'm lazy. Uh, except it's just it has a different flavor to be honest than, than yes. being lazy yeah that's what makes language not really so translated yeah yeah no exactly you could you can translate it i mean you try and translate it literally you're lost straight away because mm-hmm. i mean yeah i mean lazy is laugh. as close as it gets but it's not really that we have the word paresseux for lazy yeah exactly different. yeah exactly so avoir la flemme have the the flemme i mean doesn't really let me like a sort of a curse that you have which like stops you from acting <laughs> yeah it's 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 beautiful it's yes. beautiful and also if you don't translate directly you can use this technique to learn and remember words a lot easier so if you say like okay we'll use that expression okay so imagine phlegm you know um okay it's probably a french word isn't it phlegm uh, uh like yeah genre uh like phlegm in your nose do you know mucus we we say phlegm in english yes we use the word phlegm yes we have it uh, but it means something different in french okay yeah Um, it actually means the uh we use this word believe it or not to um, often refer to the brits Uh, we say le phlegm britannique and it's the idea true or not that the brits are not easily uh, bothered or upset they are more of a always calm no no matter what happens we it's it's a vision that we have as the french 
like you know people will speak uh, on for example on the news when there was these um, attacks in the london metro mm. that the uh, it didn't stop the brits from taking the metro they just kept doing it you know calmly and and so they used this expression for that it's different um, yeah it, it's it's different but yeah. The, the the yeah but the point is you can uh, if you avoid translating you can really just listen to this the sound mm. yeah and so phlegm in english is something that's already in the english learners like uh mm -hmm. the english sorry the, the english natives long-term yeah. memory yeah so phlegm you can just imagine like being stuck to the sofa like, with all this like right. like it's quite disgusting <laughs> yeah that's a um, uh, that's a memorization uh, technique yeah you can use that I, yeah I'm, I'm i'm big on that i'm big on mm -hmm. big on that um i with that technique it kind of breaks down to three uh, three parts so first thing you do is listen to the sound just the sound don't right. worry about the meaning yeah so get the meaning ahead so phlegm what does it sound like is there a does it sound like something you already know right still don't worry about the meaning okay and phlegm yeah phlegm means like you know new mucus or whatever and then bring the meaning into it with a mm -hmm. with a story and in right. that story get an emotion in there because it's actually right. the emotions that you'll remember and then it, the word will be triggered by that so if you avoir la flemme okay it means yeah to to be lazy to to when you can't be asked when you can't be bothered you're on the sofa and you're like stuck to the sofa with all this mucus and all this phlegm right. so la flemme yeah, like, someone asks you to do something like, no la flemme, la flemme, la flemme. you know yeah. easy super easy to remember so oh. much easier doing that than thinking, okay, avoir la flemme. So avoir is to have, yeah, I know that. Yeah, yeah that, that makes mean? sense. I mean, I always speak about learning yeah. in chunks, like chunks of vocabulary rather than word yeah. for word. Because, mm. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. Yeah, and it's fun as well, like learning like that, well, mm -hmm. teaching like that, I, I love it, you know. I, yeah. I, I adore that technique it's so much fun so so effective that, that makes sense i'm thinking how maybe i can start integrating it more because it's not something i have tapped into so much and maybe i want to do it more i'll think about it yeah you don't i find with french because a lot of the vocab uh a lot of the words are quite similar to english i do tend to go down like the etymological route mm -hmm. when teaching french yes um I use that a lot as well. But, but it depends on the person, do you know? It depends on the person. Like, for example, améliorer. Mm -hmm. So if someone doesn't know what to ameliorate means in English, because it's not, right. you know, the common person might not use ameliorate. Mm -hmm. I learned ameliorate when I learned améliorer, do you know? I was like, oh, oh I didn't know it was an English word. interesting, yeah. Exactly, because we just don't say it, so improve. Mm -hmm. So that could be an example of, yeah. Yes. With one person, it works fine. With another, okay, you might go down a different route. Yeah, you have to adjust always to um to the person, see what works. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, do you have a um, couple of pieces of advice for the listeners on how they can become better language learners uh, other than all the things you've already spoken about? Like, if you were like to summarize in a nutshell, like, what, should, what can you do today that will make you a, langu a better language learner? So we have the memory technique with like an emotion and a, an image. That's, that's a great one. Do you have anything else you can throw in? Technique-wise, method-wise, there, there are loads. Um, mm -hmm. 
choose something that, that resonates with you that you're like okay. yeah this is this is a bit of me if yeah. you like grammar if you're a grammar geek like geek out on grammar find someone if you can find a coach or a, a teacher who is on that kind of vibe uh that will be the best method for you um so find find that something that resonates um number one and be gentle with yourself mm -hmm. that's so important be yeah. gentle with yourself um learning a language is if it's the first foreign language you're learning is an epic personal development course it is right. absolutely <laughs> and every uh, a lot of stages a lot of points you kind of have to be very forgiving treat treat yourself as a as you would a six-year-old child mm -hmm. or three-year-old what whatever right. level, whatever level you're at be very forgiving be very patient um and yeah gentle and be be aware of your relationship with the language mm -hmm. uh, by that i mean if you find yourself a lot of people start off they're like oh great i want to i want to learn italian i'm going to learn italian i'm going to study for two hours tomorrow do you know they study for two Ooh, hours yeah yeah exactly then the next day i'm going to study for another two hours they start studying and they, they, their brain they've got other things to do in their life mm -hmm. and their, their brain's like no i'm not, not doing this you know and right. then they start to have a poor relationship with the language mm -hmm. so just be just be very aware of what's going on if you emotionally right. um when you're learning for sure um and that yeah, makes sense be, be be gentle have fun and remember why you're doing it you know get mm -hmm. clear on your goals go deeper on your goals um know that you're doing it yes for love essentially because that is the only reason you are doing it uh you're doing it for some kind of um some form of love so connect mm -hmm. with connect with that and um you can't go wrong really right that's a very spiritual statement yeah <laughs> so yeah well thank you so much for bringing your wisdom do you have any last pieces of advice or anything we haven't touched uh, upon that you'd like to include as well no I, I, I don't think so whether, whether, yeah, where they can find me sure yeah I'm, right. I'm yeah where twitter. can people find you i'm on twitter at laid back lang okay. uh, i'll put that in the show notes thank you and uh, laid back dot languages on instagram uh, and right. i'm on you i'm on youtube too and i kind of I'm starting to make a lot more videos about these topics, doing deep dives on them and speaking a little bit more coherently than what I've done during this podcast with you is it's like a back and forth conversation. Right. Um, so more deep dives on the YouTube channel, on the Instagram. I'll put all of that in the description, in the show notes, everywhere. Do you have a website as well or no website? Yeah, laidbacklanguages.com. If, right. if you're interested in... Uh, yeah learning french spanish italian uh or portuguese i'm also coaching uh now or if you know anyone who kind of have who has hang-ups with mm -hmm. uh with, with languages and uh but they would love to learn like yeah feel free to send them my way and i'll, and I'll have a chat with them see how, much, how i can help them with that all right that sounds awesome so yeah pat thank you so much for joining me today that was an amazing interview 
And thank you who are listening or watching this episode. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I did. If you are listening right now, please do leave a comment or a review because this really helps the podcast get noticed and create more amazing conversations like this one because then I can convince other guests like Pat to join us. So thank you so much for being with us and I will see you in the next one. Bye.